Luke chapter 2, 36. Uh, we're going to look at a lady in the Bible called Anna. Uh, just to set this up for us, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we looked at this passage just before from Luke 2, uh, the story of Simeon. And this is about the time when after Jesus has been born, he's a tiny baby, he's taken to the temple for, at that time, as, as, as good Jewish family, they would have certain offerings they would present to present this child before God as a firstborn child. And there's these various interactions that take place in the temple. And uh, we saw how Simeon uh, was this guy who particularly uh, represents prayer for us, as a prayerful man. And that's where we're looking at this theme of how sometimes God answers prayers with a solution straight away. But sometimes the way God takes us to an answer to prayer is through a process. He gives us, the analogy we use, he gives us an acorn rather than an oak tree because he plants the acorn in, in our lives so that we can grow, so we can sustain the blessing that he wants to put into our lives. So that's where we got to. Then the story continues in verse 36 of Luke 2. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's just pray. So Father God, we thank you uh, for the Bible and we thank you for the way you speak to us through it. And we ask now that... Uh, you would speak to us and give us something very particular that each of us can take away from here and put into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here we have this amazing lady, Anna, who we are told at the end there is looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So this picture of waiting, she is a person who's, who's longing for something, she's looking forward Uh, The phrase is the redemption of Israel, which is a slightly poetic way of saying she's looking forward to the Messiah coming, to the one who's going to set us free. If if you were Jew, Jerusalem was the center of the universe. And it's a sense of, if the center of life gets transformed, everything will flow out from there. So the picture is that there's this woman of God who's looking forward to God coming to redeem, to make all things new, to to recreate us, to transform the universe, to, to draw us close to God. Uh, we're told that she's a prophet, and one of the things about uh, someone who, who, who's a prophet, or even the gift of prophecy, uh, is that and if you have a gift of prophecy and it, and it repeatedly happens that flows into a ministry, you might be recognized as a prophet, which is probably what had happened with Anna. But with a prophet, the essence of it is basically you're saying, this is that. This thing that we see before our eyes uh, is, is that thing that relates to a theme in the scripture, or is that thing that... God is pointing out to us, or this means that. That, That's kind of what God does through prophetic insight. And uh, this is very much what we see characterized in how Anna is operating. And we're told that she is a a lady who spends her time in worship and prayer and thanksgiving. It's particularly the theme of thanksgiving I want to pick up on. But just just to help us understand that, uh, we read that, uh, verse 37, she did not depart from the temple. Uh, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. Uh, and, and even while there's some poetic language in there, there, there's a very clear picture of someone, she hungers for God's presence, does not depart from the temple. She, she, she longs to know God closer, to know his presence and his goodness. To, she, she longs to, to press into him. 
I want more of you, God. There's, there's always more of God to discover. And she, she's hungering for that depth and that reality in her life. She, she wants to know him, to walk with him, to obey him, to, to enjoy him, to honor him, to please him, to glorify him. And she, she's, she's a worshiper. And when we worship something, uh, the, the word in ancient English simply means to give it its worth, its worth-ship. We give it its due worth, its, its honor, and its glory. And uh, when we worship God, it's not because God needs to be worshipped, because God's perfect, he, he's got everything he needs. We, the reason we, we worship God is actually um, because uh, that shapes us. It's really because we need it. Uh, it's, it to put it another way, uh, God doesn't ask for worship, he asks for worshippers. Because he knows that you become like what you worship. And as we worship God, if we worship Jesus, we become like Jesus. That's how we get transformed. And so it's about putting God in center, front, of, uh, front and focus of our lives. And she does this with fasting. Um, if I'm honest, I hate fasting. <laughs> Don't enjoy it at all. I love food. Um, but really what you're doing in the discipline of fasting is you're saying, God, I, I long for you to be so important in my life. I'm even prepared to lay aside other things for a, for a po- period of time in order to focus on you, to allow other things not to distract me. I want to be that fixed on you. And she's a woman who prays. And then there's this very interesting phrase that I just wanted to to give to us this morning, which is this. Um, Verse 38, coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. She began to give thanks to God. Thanks, Thanksgiving, thankfulness, is this really powerful spiritual weapon that God gives to us. It's something which... I've noticed it changes us. It changes who we are. It changes our attitude. It changes our perspective. It's, it's, um, it reorientates us. It's like kind of a spiritual chiropractor. It kind of realigns how everything is. So you get into a right posture and the right position before God. Now, the thing about giving thanks is sometimes it's like it doesn't come very naturally to us. It's very hard to do. Uh, anyone who's ever, anyone ever had tried to uh, help a young preschooler say thank you? Anyone had that joyous experience? It's wonderful, isn't it? Say thank you, and they don't want to do it. Say thank you. <laughs> You've got this massive ice cream dangling in front of them, and they might go, thank you, you know, totally insincerely. Um, uh, but it's something we try and train our, our children to do. But it doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. And yet at the same time, you have those moments, perhaps with a young child, that you've known, who, who will have that sudden, unexpected, sweet and precious expression of thanks to you. It's the, the little craft that they make, or, or the picture they draw, or the first letters they're trying to shape out before you, or, or the, the hug and the kiss they give you. And, it's, and, and you know, you'll talk to a parent, and they'll have a box full of those treasures tucked away somewhere, not because of their artistic merit, Jonathan, obviously, but, um, but because of what they indicate, what they represent. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to get to heaven and God takes us to one side and he gets this box out and he says, smell this. And you go, what's that? It smells beautiful. He says, that, that's the fragrance of the prayer of thanks you offered to me. He says, look at this. And you say, what's that? He said, this is the time you just stopped to give thanks to me. You, you sacrificed or you focused upon me with thanksgiving. It, and he's going to be overwhelmed with the joy and the love and excitement of that. Because God is so blessed when, when we give thanks to him. You know, he, he's not an, an indifferent God. He doesn't need thanks, but God has this 
beautiful, tender heart. I don't know if you think of God being like that, having this tender, soft heart. That's not something we humans came out with. That's something that God came out with. And he has this very beautiful, tender heart. And so he's so touched by even the, the slightest movement of us towards him. And thanksgiving is one of the ways we can so easily start to do that. We can choose to give thanks. We can choose to, to focus upon him, to come close to him in that way. And particularly, when we choose to be grateful in the waiting and in the tough times, it's this amazing act of worship, an act of glory, of, of glorifying God. So you think in, in the Bible of people like, uh, in Acts 16, Paul and Silas in prison, and they're giving thanks to God, even in the dingiest, darkest dungeon. And when we choose to give thanks to God, it is a wonderful thing to do. In fact, I don't know about you, it, it feels good to do. And I wonder if the reason it feels good to do when we give thanks is because that's what we're created to do. We're created to be a thankful people who honor God in that way. And so um, being a thankful person benefits you, but also what it does is it it grows your faith and your trust in God. It, it, It deepens your walk with him. The bad stuff loses its power to drag you down as we choose to stop and to see and to recognize and to speak out what God has already done for us. So I want to encourage you, as we prepare to move into 2016, to be a thankful person, to be someone who chooses to give thanks uh, in the good times, but also in the challenging moments and in the times of trial, uh, because it will realign your posture towards God and towards others. Uh, some of the ways I do that, I, I start my prayer time each day with thanksgiving. It's the first thing I do. Uh, and so it's amazing how it can change your attitude. Even if you're in a bit of a grump, uh, God, you know, it changes how you feel and how you come towards God. So choose to do that. Maybe it's stopping before a meal. Maybe it's every time you're at a red light, try and think of something you can say thank you for. Maybe set an alarm on your phone at three o'clock and then stop and give thanks for three people you've interacted with that day. There's so many ways we can find to give thanks to God. Maybe you write letters to people to thank them. Maybe you give little gifts to them, uh, particularly if they're your church pastors. Maybe you... Uh, oh, did I say that out loud? Was that, that was just in my head. Uh, maybe you send texts to people. I was just thinking of you. I'm so grateful for you in my life. Uh, maybe you... you, you um, just find ways to, to, to honor people. To, to, to th- and by doing that, by your words and by your deeds, that brings glory to God. And it starts to change our hearts. The more things we can find to be thankful for, the more you will find to be thankful for. It becomes this virtuous cycle. So let's choose to be a thankful people who bring glory to God by that attitude. And I believe that God, as we do that, God will give us grace to be faithful in the long haul as well.